2: You just said yes to my question. Yes, ma'am. That just happened.
1: (laughs) That just happened. This is the plaintiff, Diane McKay. She says she purchased a pair of hoop earrings at the defendant's store and a few days later decided they didn't really go with her outfit, so she went to return them. She explained they were never worn. They were in the original packaging, and the clerk told her he wouldn't take them back. The policy is you have seven days to return. She came back in six and is very upset at the whole situation and is suing for the purchase price she paid of $15. This is the defendant, Fatima DuCore. She says the computer says the plaintiff purchased the earrings for a 50% discount, so she really only paid seven bucks for them. She also claims in this lawsuit she tried to return them, but there's no record of that. Besides, these are costume earrings. Their policy states they don't take returns on costume jewelry, especially when the customer simply changes her mind. She's accused of stiffing a costume customer. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Million. in our forum, the People's Court. Be seated, come to order, please.
0: Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor.
2: Thank you, Douglas. Diane McKay? Name. Yes. You are owner. suing Bebe Noir Incorporated, represented here by Ms. Ducore. 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 You are the owner? Yes. Okay, you are suing them for $15, the value of some hoop earrings that you bought and they wouldn't let you return. Tell me about it.
3: I visited um, Bebe Noir on December 22nd before I was supposed to go to a good close friend of mine's um, funeral that happened on that Friday. So I happened to go into the store. I passed some hoops. I don't know, I was bought it on, looked at it and bought it on some impulse.
2: Okay, were you on your way to the
3: funeral? Yes, but before- Did you forget your earrings? No, I had a pair of earrings, but I just, like I said, I just stepped into the store and I just did it on impulse. Okay. Impulse action. So I passed on a, a black pair of hoop earrings, bought it. How much did you pay for it? It's actually $7.
2: But you sued for 15.
3: Yes, because I had to follow. For... I had to follow the small claims court downtown in New York, um, and they wouldn't let you file for seven dollars. No, because their filing their filing fee for items is like fifteen and above. So I had so to. So in order to, to,
2: to file this lawsuit, you had to lie and say it was you paid fifteen dollars. Yes, yes, I
3: did. Yes,
2: you just said yes to
3: my question. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> that
4: just happened.
2: So you defrauded the court <laughs> so that you could file your case. You lied about how much it was Yes. so that you could get a $7 hoop earring case in front of you. Seriously? So let's go on with your $7 hoop earring case. I
3: purchased it.
2: tell me what happens. On day
3: six, you go back to the store and decide you want your $7 back. Do you have a receipt? I have a cop, no, I don't, the copy's too faded because I had it in my bag for over three months now. Okay, so what does your receipt say? Um, it says you. What does could- it say about returns? Does it say anything about returns? It says you can exchange or you, yeah, you can exchange, but there's no store refund or you Let can me have see store credit.
2: Your- Let me see what you do have of the receipt. According to her, she goes in six days later to return the earrings. Um, we have no record of Well, you don't keep records of who comes in to try to return something. Nobody has those records. Right. So, yeah, you have no records, but you know it happened because there was, you got a lawsuit filed, right? So, does anybody remember her coming in or no?
5: No. Because she was a one and only time customer. She only been to the store that one time.
2: And, uh, so does, is there anyone who remembers somebody trying to return $7 hoop earrings? No. Okay. So, um, you get wind of this lawsuit. How?
5: Uh, we got a letter in the mail from the court saying that we were sued. So when we opened it...
2: Is this the first time you've been sued? Yes. And how long have you been in business? Over 10 years. And so what did you think when you saw the letter, a lawsuit over $15 hoop earrings? Um, Uh, Did you laugh? Did you cry? Were you shocked? Were you
5: scared? What was your feeling? I was shocked because we are... In a community we a community store, neighborhood store. Most people know us. They come uh, just to say hello. Sometimes so I was very surprised that someone that came to the store was so uh, unsatisfied that they filed a lawsuit. And where we are, we. Everyone loves our customer service. That's one of the key reasons why people come to the store. What's
2: the name of the store again? Baby Noir. Okay, and where's it located? Let's give it a little plug. (laughs) Oh, sure, thank you. It's in Harlem um,
5: on 7th Avenue between
2: 124th and 125th. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Did you actually pay $15 to file the case? Yes, I did. So you paid $15 to get $7
3: back? Yes, (laughs) ma'am.
6: welcome back to the people's court harvey levin here would you ever sue on principle for 15 bucks
3: yes i've sued over 10 bucks
6: wow i didn't know you'd outdo it yeah. really
3: and i won against him well, uh, seriously yeah yeah
6: Who? who uh, what? it's my sister she honestly got sued here? yeah yes ten ten dollars where huh walnut creek california Oh, you know what? Well, Paradise in a nutshell. That's what they call right, it. Right? I like yeah. that. Um, seriously? Yeah. And yeah. There are no hard feelings. No,
3: ah. and my father was the one who <laughs> um, was on my, actually, my actually side. Who actually started
6: it all. Oh, God. Okay, this is a whole soap opera. Going inside the courtroom. What you got? A blank receipt
2: for you. Oh, Thanks. I hate when this happens. Yep. Have you got a more legible copy of the receipt? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Indeed you do. And in the legible copy of the receipt, it says that their return policy is seven days and we do not, in capital letters, we do not accept returns or exchanges on bags, jewelry, unless a gift receipt is being presented. Do you have a gift receipt? No, I No, because you bought it for yourself. Right. So there's no returns.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, uh, so you made the owner of a business yes. go through whatever modicum of suffering there was by getting a letter of you suing them. You made her get ready and come to court to answer the lawsuit. You wasted my time because I have real cases outside with people with real principle because mm-hmm. this isn't principle, okay? Soup kitchens are principle. This is a fraud filing, which you claim to be twice as much as what you paid, so you could get into court. Because otherwise, everybody was going to shake their head and say, no, no, lady, we don't take lawsuits for seven. Why we take them for 15 is beyond me. (laughs) But that's what this was. Right? Yes. And as it turns out, you're dead wrong. (laughs) Yeah, uh, your case is dismissed,
3: verdict of the defendant.
4: Well, did not go too well for the plaintiff. No, Ms. Ms. McKay, I don't think the judge was too happy with you. No, she's not. <laughs> I think she's kind of mad.
3: I know she is. She's perturbed. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's angry. Yes. I had, I had to do what I had to do. Was it all
4: worth it, trying to just get seven bucks back? I mean, did you take it into the store and they told you no?
3: I did, t- I did take it to the establishment. And the, the proprietor looked at it and looked at me and said they do not accept clearance items.
4: A clearance, a sale yes, item, because yes. they sold it to you for half price. Yes. Well, you should have stopped right then and there and ended it. Right. Think you'll ever do this again? No. <laughs> okay. No. Very good. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you. Okay. Doors that way. Well, here comes the defendant, Ms. Duca I, yes. I, I felt for you in there, you know. <laughs> Thank this you. This is kind of a, well, it's a mess, but anyway. Yeah. First time? Yes. Okay. I hope hope last time too. Okay. All right. I'm sure. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay. (laughs) Harvey?
6: Doug, real simple. A store is not required to return a product except the return of a product if there was nothing wrong with it, period. And that will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well.
1: i This is the plaintiff, Aaron Royals. He says he rented a room for his daughter who was going to film school. And the defendant, her landlord, demanded he be allowed to enter her room to get to the kitchen rather than going outside and using the patio door. This guy's a menace who yelled at him, yelled at his daughter. And there was no way he was going to allow his daughter to be subjected to this nut. Bottom line, he's here suing for the return of the $2,000 in rent he paid up front. This is the defendant, Greg. He says the plaintiff is a professional bully who entered his house while he was sleeping, and when he woke up, the guy was standing there in a fight stance. He then told him his daughter was moving out, demanded a full refund, and then told him he was gonna kick his you-know-what. He ended up contacting the cops because he was so frightened, and now here they are. He's accused of an unlawful entry. The defendant has filed a camera suit for $2,256, money for changing the locks and emotional abuse. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome
6: back to the People's Court. Next case in the docket, the plaintiff was renting a room for his daughter who was going to film school, says that the landlord was demanding access to her room, but the defendant says the plaintiff tried to to fight him. It's the case of lights, camera, lawsuit.
2: Thank you, Douglas. you won't come in. Aaron Royals, you are suing Greg. You've asked us not to mention your last name for $2,000 in rent that you feel he is unlawfully withholding. Tell me what's going on.
8: So, um, my daughter's going to college. Okay. I was looking for a place for her to stay.
2: Yes. Okay.
8: Uh, We went on a website, found a room to rent. I contact Greg and um, we set up that day, took a look at the room. Um, We walked over everything. We noticed that the room was like an office slash uh, room that he had converted into a bedroom. And the way to get into the kitchen is through that room. So the first thing I asked him was, is it, how are you gonna go through the kitchen? He said, we're gonna go around. I go through the patio, I done it all the time. I have other renters that have been here. I asked him what happened to his previous renters. Uh, so on. Everything worked out well. We we agreed. And ha- on why
2: were you in? Uh, did, were you starting a new school or so? why was it January that you were looking for housing or you had left your last
5: housing? I had left my last housing. So okay. I had moved out of there and I finally want somewhere to stay for my full time schooling.
2: OK, gotcha. And yeah. um, so you all hashed that out. And was there anything in writing? Yes. OK, may I see whatever you have in writing? Is that accurate that you have to go through that bedroom in order to get to uh, the kitchen?
9: There's a side entrance, go through a gate.
2: Out, or you go outside. Door. Right. Is it discussed, hey, this is weird, you have to walk through my daughter's no, bedroom because nobody we, we, we wants that. We discussed
9: it. I said I okay. usually go around through the okay. gate.
2: All right, yeah. that's what I was just checking, if that had right. been discussed. So go ahead. So, Actually, I really, I need to go to you. What's your name? Miranda. Miranda. Miranda, what happens?
5: So first, um, what happened was he was, the very first night, I had a friend stay over. Um, we were working on a project for my film school, and he couldn't go home. It was late, etc. And so he stayed the night. And Greg had a problem with it the very next day. And no one can ever spend the night again. And that that's not OK. And he accused me of sleeping with that friend, which is not only none of his business. Right. But Let's start with that's none of your business. Yeah. Okay. No. But also we had first agreed that people were able to sleep over no matter what. That's my choice in my room. And he just didn't want... His stuff to be stolen, he didn't trust my judgment of people. He said that... This is all on the first night you stayed there? The very first night. All right. Did you talk to your dad? No, not at that time. I had to to him. Because your dad has a bad temper? No. <laughs> no. Um, I didn't want to speak to him about it because to me it wasn't that big of a deal. It mm-hmm. didn't get out of hand or anything. He didn't okay. yell or scream. So at that point it was okay, but okay. after time, problems what other rooms. problems? I
2: need to hear about him. Don't just say problems. So, what happened
5: that something caused you to want did. to leave? He started going through my room not only when I was home, but when I wasn't home as well. Instead of going through the pack, instead of going. And through how do the back you know door?
2: that he did? How, well, how do you know that he did that when you were home? You're in there when he's doing it. I was in
5: there while he was doing what it. What were you say? Be, didn't he say something? They knock on your door. Didn't did did say he? anything. If the door was cracked, if the door was opened completely, if the door was shut. Did you whatever. tell him, hey, hey, hey,
2: hey, where, where are you going? Like, did you stop him or no? No.
5: No, I did not. Okay, go on. Um,
2: and so... Did he say something to you, like it's too, too cold outside, or did he say
5: anything or nothing? No, nothing. Just walked right past through. Okay, go on. And so um, at that point, I now started shutting off my door completely, and I had woke up at um, early that morning, and he had screamed, Jesus Christ, and slammed the door, the very front door, twice, hard because he was sick of going around the house to get to the kitchen. And he didn't feel like going around at all. So I had peeped out of my room and said, Hey, you know, is everything all right? You know, something happened? Is everything okay with you and I? he said that he was sick of going through my, sick of not being able to go through my room. And it's quite ridiculous that he doesn't get the advantage to go through my room and he has to keep going to the kitchen just to even get a glass of water. <laughs> so do you tell your dad about that? Uh, I had told my dad after the fact. Okay. Then on January, Wednesday, the 31st, he had yelled Jesus in Christ um, while I was doing homework and my door was shut off. He has a podcast every Sunday morning. And so he yelled at me because I was using the Wi-Fi for my homework while he was running his podcast, and it made it, his band run slow.
2: Okay, and had, uh, was there any agreement about Wi-Fi?
5: Yep. Yes. Well, obviously,
2: you got the password, so somebody was letting you yeah. use the Wi-Fi. Yeah. All right, and then um, what happened?
5: And so he had, my door was shut off, and so he had slammed my door open and yelled, Jesus price. I told you do not use the Wi-Fi. I'm having to restart my entire podcast now with my band because you did this. Um, Had he told you, can you
2: not use the Wi-Fi between X time and Y time? Had he said that to you? And had you said yes? No, he did not. So I take it you were not feeling comfortable there.
5: Yeah. And at what
2: point did you decide that you wanted to move out?
5: Um, Within the third week. Uh, The very last straw was him slamming doors and screaming at me and yelling and cussing just being super aggressive and him pointing his finger in my face. It was just, it was out of control.
2: Okay. All right. Now, um, there, according to Miranda, there are a myriad of issues that would make anybody uncomfortable living with you. Why did, was there ever a point where you suggested to a 19-year-old that you would walk through her room?
9: Here's what happened. First of all, whenever I walked through a room, I knocked first. And she would let I got
2: me, an idea. How about you don't through? walk through the room since it's not your room anymore? You rented it out.
9: Well, just to get to the kitchen or to feed my dog. I, uh, yeah, it, get to it, the
2: kitchen it, through
9: the patio okay. like you said you would. All right. I, and I did every morning. But she, I would knock on the, on the door and she would let me through. If she was asleep, I didn't knock on the door plenty of times. And uh, the Jesus Christ thing was about, I just spilled something outside. It had nothing to do with her at all. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, and, and that's it. You know, I, I, and I discussed with her and I thought it was cool that it, Why was
2: it okay to tell her that she couldn't have anybody over?
9: If, in the, in the rental agreement, I, I'm a fairly well-known musician and songwriter. I have a studio upstairs where I make my living out of. I left a note for her and I talked to her. I told her I have a podcast I do on Sundays between 11 and 1230, please don't use the Wi-Fi during those hours because it interferes with the podcast. That, and I even left a note for her reminding her that. And she said she thought it was a note to somebody else, even though it said Miranda on it. Uh,
2: so tell me about how everything comes to a head. When Miranda, do you, What day, specifically, do you decide on moving out?
5: On February, Monday, the 12th. OK, you tell them, look.
2: I'm. I'm. I'm not doing this. You yeah. Know, um. Well,
5: I had told my father about everything that happened within that two weeks, and right. my dad was upset and said, "Hey, you know, this isn't okay." And then Greg had came downstairs, um, barged into my room, slammed my door again, and said that I don't need you running to mommy and daddy about your problems and about me in my house, and so from there on. Wait, why had he said that? Had you,
8: you talked to
2: your parents and then you had called I sent them an email. You sent sent, them an email saying what?
8: I sent them an email saying that, I talked to Miranda. Miranda stated that she wasn't allowed to have anybody stay over. And I said, what are we talking about? We talked about this. It wasn't an issue. Everything's fine. As long as she knows the person. And um, yeah. And Greg responded back this long email about, you know, she had somebody and she, I told her if she's hooking up with that person that she needed to go to his house, and I just thought it was funny because uh, my daughter doesn't even like guys and she's, and you got the nerve to try to say she's hooking up with a guy, which is, it just made me laugh. It was, just, it was even even funnier, but it was just like, please. Like, so I said, you know what, we need to have a conversation. I'm going to be heading down that way to go talk to Miranda and meet with her anyway to go visit and we'll talk then. So that's when I went down there that, that evening So I started to ask him, hey, what happened with X, Y, Z? Miranda told me about the friend. Miranda told me about going to the room.
2: Is Miranda there when that's happening? Yeah. Yes.
8: Because I was visiting with her. Yeah. And he said, his response was, this has nothing to do with you. This has to do with me and Miranda. What are you talking about? The rent was between you and I. Miranda's just staying there. And then it got into an arguing match. And then we just started yelling at each other. And I was like, you know, this is, I'm done. If you're yelling at me like this is nothing. And Miranda told me you're yelling at her. Oh, well, sh- you're out of here, let's go.
5: So you left right then? Yes. Yep. I okay. ended up packing up my stuff within the- Now, did you argument. pack all your stuff or some of your stuff? Just some of my stuff for about a week and a half.
8: Because I wasn't i wasn't prepared, prepared for her for to move all out. All right, tell
2: me your version of that encounter.
8: Okay,
9: here's what really happened. On February 13th, uh, I was taking a nap um, at about 6.30. I heard my dog barking downstairs. I came downstairs. Aaron had a blue suitcase in his hand and was very angry, was swinging it, saying, you talk to my daughter like this. She's moving out right now, and you owe me the extra rent. And then he took the suitcase. He threw it down on the ground. Now, he's a much bigger man than I am. He's 20 years younger than I am. And he got in a crouch and he says, I'm talking about my heart. I'm talking about my soul. I would die for this girl. You're, you, and that's exactly what he said to me. And I started to get scared. I said, do I need to call the police? And he said, I'd like to see you try. So if a
6: landlord's screaming and yelling at a tenant and then wants access to a room to get to the kitchen, um, can the tenant break the lease?
0: Yes. Heather Hyatt says yes. Why? Because I, that's her private area, and she can't, I don't know, that's just her private you area. you agree with that?
4: I do. I think that if the landlord is coming in, technically breaking the lease already against for their terms, why shouldn't the uh, tenant also be able to leave?
9: Fair enough. Going inside the courtroom. He said, we're leaving. I'm coming back tomorrow. And if you don't have my $2,000, you're going to be a sorry so-and-so.
2: No, no, I need to hear exactly what he said.
9: Yeah. A sorry mother. Okay. That's what he said. <laughs> That's and so, you know, he convinced me that, you know, he, he really got his point across. Okay. But there was never any discussion about, hey, let's talk or anything okay. like that. So
2: let's say it happened the way you're saying. So that was on what day, February, February 12th 13th. or 13th? OK, so what happens on February 14th?
9: On February uh, on February 13th, that night, I changed the locks. February 14th, he didn't show up. He didn't show up until the following Sunday.
2: And you kept two months of rent? Correct. And you kept it, you left your bed there. What was the problem with the bed and picking up the bed?
5: So since the locks were changed and each time we had scheduled for picking up my things, he was apparently home and just didn't let us in because he did not show
2: up. Okay. What skin off your nose was it to have the bed in there? Tell me what losses you incurred because of its intrusion. Well,
9: uh, b- because she was gone, I couldn't rent the room out again. Plus, did the you rent bed, the room the, out again ever? The bed was filthy, <laughs> and how was it filthy? It, there was rat droppings underneath the bed when she moved it out. I had to you, clean the it, the room. You know,
2: the rats were, would just stay under her bed, not the rest there, of the house. Were, no,
9: no, there were rat droppings in the bed. There's no rats in my house.
2: Wh- it, where do you think the rat droppings came from?
9: From her bed. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, have you ever seen a rat?
9: Yeah, I've seen Cause rats. Because they're not
2: termites. Rats are different than no,
9: termites. No, they, they were never. Once I were vacuumed there, up ever rat Did you ever see a rat in, in your house? Maybe, yes, I have.
2: OK, so you she know, brought the rats to your house.
9: She Whatever, in that bed, there were either rats living there or old in rat the, drop-ins, but it was filthy. And once I cleaned it up, it was fine.
2: Okay, is it rented now? No, it's not. Right, because you're not renting it ever again. Because you want to be able to get to the kitchen. All right. So um, on your counterclaim against them for changing the locks, which is actually an illegal lockout. unless you can prove that you feel, felt like she had moved out and maybe you thought that, but still her stuff was in there and you knew that. She had definitely uh, No, no, no. Let me tell you what this isn't. This isn't time that I want to hear anyone else flap their gums. Okay. So no, you're not entitled to the locks. That was a decision you made and a good one. I would have made the same one, but that costs you, not anybody else. $2,000 for emotional distress, no. Um, on you getting all of February and all of uh, March back, No, you don't get all of February and all of March back. I believe that he breached the contract. I believe that you get most of that back. But you don't get to leave your things there and make it really, hey, it's really inconvenient to get the bed out. Okay, no, but you don't get to do that. Um, Do I think it stopped him from re-renting it? No, I don't think he's ever going to re-rent. He didn't like how this worked out. So I am going to allow him to keep uh, $300 for the inconvenience and order him to repay you the remaining $1,700 $1,700 of rent because I believe you had a right to move out and on your counterclaim, you claim zero. That's my judgment. Good luck, folks.
4: Well, in this dispute between a landlord and a renter, it's the uh, the renter who comes out on top. He gets $1,700 back. He did. OK. Yes, yeah. he does. Um, you don't get anything on your countersuit. That's you correct. know that. Yeah. So what have you learned from all of this?
9: What have I learned? Uh, probably not to rent to suspect people.
4: Well, I don't I, you know I don't know how you could rent with the idea of a young lady living in there and you make an agreement to walk through a bedroom. That
9: I sounds asked crazy her, about I that. asked her first. Yeah, but that you know? is kind of crazy, don't you well, think?
4: A lot of people would think actually, it's
9: crazy. I, I really don't. You know, okay. if you if you knew the circumstances.
4: <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Right. You must have that way. All right. The royals are coming out. <laughs> Uh, you learn anything from
5: this? Yeah, I, I definitely need to be a lot more assertive with people. Yeah. Um, he's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. The lies were right. out of control. Kind of crazy, yeah. crazy.
4: I'm glad you got it worked out. Glad you got your bed back. You happy now? Everything okay? Yeah, very okay.
5: happy. Okay,
4: good enough. All That's right. Thank you thank very you. much. Congratulations. You. you get 1700 Harvey, what do you think?
6: Well, you know what? There's something in the law called a covenant of quiet enjoyment, which means you have a right to reasonable peace and quiet. And if the landlord's screaming and yelling at you all the time, I think at a point you have a right to break the lease and leave. And that will do it for this case litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now.
3: you mm-hmm.
1: These are the plaintiffs, Tanisha Kane, Dara Evans, and Pamela Turner. Tanisha says they're friends with the defendant's mother, and they purchased a car from him. After giving him a deposit, they took it to their mechanic, and he told them to give the car back. It had no emergency brakes, spark plugs, or transmission fluid. The defendant should be going to jail for trying to sell them a dangerous car. They are now out all kinds of money and are suing them here and now for the $2,000 they're owed. This is the defendant, Christopher Putman. He says the plaintiffs are crazy. They bought his car, they haven't paid him in full for the car, and anything that's now wrong with it after all this time's on them, not him. He doesn't know how they think they can get away with keeping his car, not paying for it in full, and then taking him to court and suing him because if anyone's owed money here today, it's him. He's accused of unloading a hoopty. The defendant is filed the counter suit for 5000 dollars for the balance owed on the car and slander. All parties, please raise your right hand. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case
6: in the dock of The plaintiff bought a car from the defendant and says the emergency brake was busted and on and on. The defendant says that it's all on the plaintiff's watch. It's the case of Hoop Dee Doo. Thank you, Douglas.
2: You welcome man. Okay. Tanisha Kane? Yes, ma'am. Hello. Uh Darry Evans. Dare. Darae Evans yes. and Pamela Turner. Yes. OK, you are suing Christopher Putnam yep. for two thousand dollars for the refund of a purchase price that you bought car repairs, locksmith and car parts. You have a counterclaim against them for five thousand dollars because you want more for the car you sold them that they're unhappy with. Um, and you want to be reimbursed for costs of a repossession and slander. All right. Let me hear from you.
7: Well, early March, um, well, first of all, I start it this way. I'm very good friends with the defendant's mother. I'm very active in the rescue. Oh, rescues. this is awkward. Mm. Well, I'm very active in the rescue community. and she donates In the what community? Uh, animal rescue. Animal rescue. Yes. Okay. She donates food, um, clothing, uh, used towels, things like that, um, that I distribute throughout to the rescues. Okay. Um, we had seen the car in the driveway, and I was like, well, you know what's going on with all these cars here? And she informed us that her son was selling them. And so we said, well, how much does he want for this one? She calls him on the phone. He says $1,000. We all heard it. We all agreed. Oh, great. Because that's exactly what he was getting back from taxes. And so we decided. Okay. He is what to you? I'm sorry. This is my stepson. Okay. Yep. Um, And so we decided, great, perfect, $1,000, good car, you know, because he claimed that everything was taken care of. There was no problems with it. It was newly inspected. And so we did all that. And then we had to go to the mechanic because the car just isn't working correctly. And I mean, well, you bought the car. How much did you buy it for? We, we paid 1000 And then a couple days later, after we had settled on the $1,000 price, he turns around and says, well, I need another 500 for the car. And because I have a total... I'm sorry,
2: you already have the car?
7: Yes. At well, any... No, no, wait, excuse me, Honor. At that point, we had not taken possession of the car yet. Had you paid the 1000 No, not yet.
2: Oh, not yet (laughs) wait a minute hold on back it up all right so you bought a car for a thousand five hundred not exactly your
7: honor because i don't understand
2: is there a bill of sale in this case give me the bill of sale (laughs) all right let's see yes all right one thousand dollars down on a 2006 ford Taurus. five hundred dollar balance due signatures of both of you is this your signature it's it's my somebody's signature. somebody's signature, your signature. Right. All right. So did you or did you not right. buy a car for $1,500? Correct. Okay. Oh, All right. right. So you right. agree to the $1,500. You bring them only 1000 And why do you release a car if the full payment isn't made?
10: Uh, your Honor, I, I do a lot of buy here, pay here. I was in the process of closing down my where, shop. Buy here what? Buy here, pay here, where somebody makes payments. They don't go through a bank. I basically fund the car out of my pocket and let somebody make payments on the why? car. It's kind of how I do things for people that can't don't have good credit and things of that nature to where I'm kind of convenient to them to try to help them out in getting a car where they can't go through a bank and get a loan. And so well, on. I and guess so
2: it's forth. a niche business because if I don't have good credit and then the only way I can get a car is by paying whatever you ask. I guess that works. Um, and this is the proof the of the agreement.
10: Right, right, right. Now, I want
2: to spring for some real receipts. Well, okay? well again, again, Your Honor. Hey, I don't care. Intuit, what do I always say? There is crayon and toilet paper. And there you, you went with a sticky and a pencil. So I'm good. A pen. That's a pen.
10: That all I right. did make sure of. you Honor. right. It was all a right. pen that I wrote it with. All right.
2: So what happens? You take the car, and then you take the after purchasing it is when you take it to a mechanic.
7: Correct. Because there was problems with the car. Um It was not even a full day after my son had taken possession. So let's talk. You talk to me and tell me what
2: happened when you drove the car. You don't have to move. We have a microphone right there. You're perfectly
10: fine. Well, after I took the car, right away, a couple hours, the engine light clicks right on. I hit him up. I hit the defendant up right away and let him know, look, engine light's cut on. I don't know why. I haven't gone anywhere. I only drive from home to work back and forth. So he's all, bring it over, check it out. He told me there were... uh, the word, if I use correctly, uh, misreads or uh, mis- Misfires. Misfires, or whatever. What's that mean? It means when the spark plug and the spark plug wire, uh, they're not getting uh, the right voltage through them. So how do you solve that? You change the spark plugs or the, or the wires, either one. I told him what I would do was I would go get spark plugs for you and install them in the car. That's the only thing that's coming up while your check engine light is on. It's nothing for you so to did work. So
2: did somebody do that? Yes. All right, so at some point, You ask, where's the rest of my money? When was the money supposed to get to you? In two
10: weeks. In two weeks from initially signing that payment. Okay, and then,
2: so what happens in two weeks? Do you ask for your money?
10: No, because within those two weeks'
2: time... They're calling and calling about the issue. Right,
10: I mean, they're just, again, from day one, Your Honor, like I said, they brought me the $1,000. The three of them showed up at my mother's house. When they gave me the $1,000, okay, the very next day, I explained to them, I said, well, I'll go to DMV for you and get your plates. She must have took that as, I'm gonna pay for your plates, I'm gonna pay for the taxes on your $1,500 car. And that's right then and there is where it went crazy. Because she kept saying to me, I'm not paying the taxes. And I kept explaining to her, listen, I'm not paying the taxes on your car. I gotta pay my own taxes. I'm did, not at gonna... some
2: point did you say, all right, all right, I'll just pay the taxes. And so it was just the cost of registration that you were arguing about? And that's what I did just to kind of keep the
6: peace. Okay, I got peace. it. So if the emergency brake is busted, does the defendant have to pay?
4: No, because I think that it is as-is, uh, as no warranties. So as-is means? means that it is the... T- tough luck, tough, tough luck. Tough luck. Exactly, going inside the courtroom.
2: And so um, you are suing because you feel that you have a Lemon Law claim, a warranty on this car. And I am here to tell you, you do not. Legally speaking, this is an as-is sale. Okay, Okay. You do not have any claim to have him fix the first spark plug, much less anything else. You have no right to demand boo in an as-is sale. That's the law. So you will not be getting a refund of the purchase price of the car, because let's talk about what you're suing for. You want a thousand dollar refund of the purchase price of the car. You want five hundred dollars to repair a bunch of stuff. So now you have a free car. You want three hundred dollars for a locksmith. Let's get to (laughs) that part. They don't pay you a penny more. In your estimation, they owe you six hundred and forty. So what do you do? You send somebody to his place of business to take the car
10: to his job? Yes.
2: Why?
10: Because I assured them when they purchased the car from your honor and I have the extra set of keys in my pocket that I showed them when they gave me the thousand dollars and I explained to them, if I don't have my $500 in two weeks, I will be coming to get the car, okay? I, I didn't put that's a lien on the car, and we would have never been here because, again, they were friends of my mother. I didn't think it would go this What's far. What's your mother
2: say about all this?
10: I mean, my mother's, I mean, she's called my mother's phone threatening that I'm going to jail behind this. She, she's, Are you kidding honor, me? It's called honor. his
2: mother? You have to torment the mother? No, no that your that's Your Honor, I
10: got a honor. note right here that from my phone. mother. Why? Signed right here. Oh on God.
2: another sticky note?
10: You're
2: on her Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Why don't you buy yourself a legal pad, a roll of <laughs> paper, something?
10: <laughs> this is oh a note saying God. that she left a message on her, uh, my mother's answer machine right, telling let's just, her I'm let's going to do let not get jab.
2: bogged in. I, I don't even want to know about that. Yeah. I want to ask you. How? So then you send somebody to go take the car. Yeah. Who t- who'd you send? I sent my son. Your son?
10: Yeah. My son works for me as far as my business goes, yes. Mm. And again, it was an easy repo. I have the keys to the car. I knew it was parked yeah, in a right, parking lot. Right. I mean, so was... you go out
2: there, your son takes the car, um, and uh, then <laughs> she calls, the, you call the police? We did, yes. And the police explained to you, dude, you can't just take the car. You let them register the car in their name. It's now legally theirs if you file a lien. Right. You can, that's how the law lets you, because we can't just have people keeping keys and them running <laughs> over and taking a car.
10: Correct, 100%. We don't want 100%. that. Well, that's 100%. how you do
2: business, but that's not 100%. what we want. 100%. Okay? All right, so the police make you return the car. You then now want the $300 <laughs> that you paid a locksmith to switch the keys on the car. The ignition, the and, ignition and The ignition, which you chose to do, and I think that was a wise choice for you to do that, but why would he have to pay that? That was a choice <laughs> that you made. He took the car, he got spanked, and he had to return the car. So if he wouldn't have touched the car, I wouldn't have had to change the ignition. Well. No, it's not. That's not true. He didn't uh. damage the ignition. You changed it. And, and as I said, I think it was a wise move on your part. You changed it because you wanted to make sure he couldn't take the car a second time. Exactly. I don't know why we would think he would when the police Cap spanked him for right. good and told him, <laughs> Well, you nuts? You don't have a lien. Give the car. So um Although I think that was a good move on your part. I don't think he has to pay you for that. All right. You have a counterclaim for five grand. Oh, do tell. Tell me Okay. About that.
10: Um, I received a call from the defendant here's uncle. Um, he's a friend of mine. He goes, hey, what's going on with you and my nephew? I go, hey, who's your nephew? He's like the one you just sold the Taurus to. I said, why? What's going on? I said, I sold him the car and his mother's girlfriend started getting crazy. I don't know. He like, well, what happened? So I started explaining it, and as soon as I started explaining it to him, he's like, "Oh, they're lying, man! They, they, they didn't tell me that you, that's what happened." I said, "Well, this is what happened, man. Like, I even got text." Wait, from that's your slander. And and they <laughs> explained to him, "I'm a shady car salesman," you know, things of that nature. Well, to that's him. what they think. Okay, well, that's that's I mean, my we're slander. I kind of
2: Like, right? It's, I <laughs> that, thought that's, that, that that's you were telling slander, me they posted it or they did something, you know, to to harm your business or something like that would be actionable. But you know, that yeah, most people hate each other who are suing each other, and you know, that's kind of how it goes. That's their opinion is that you're shady. Guys, look, it's a simple thing, and I'm sorry that this happened to you. And I am sorry that it happened to you because you were excited, you know, you wanted to buy your car. I I, as I have often said to people, I need you to go on iTunes and I need you to find a song called $1,000 $1,000 car, <laughs> it ain't worth blank. I've had $1,000 cars. I went through that. You know, it was a long time ago. But it, you know. um, so really, you've come to court with a lot of complaints and very little rights and evidence. And you don't have that right. I'm going to order you to pay the $640 that's remaining. That's what's going to happen. Um, verdict for the defendant. Uh, oh, and on your counterclaim, just the 640. You don't get any of the rest. And on your claim against him, zero.
1: right
4: there, please. Well, after a lot of discussion, guess what? You got to pay. Yes,
7: yes, yes. I still think it's wrong. I still think it's wrong. He promised so much, didn't deliver anything. But it's okay. Lesson learned.
4: Well, you have learned a valuable lesson. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Sorry about that. Thank you. Okay? Thank you. All right, Mr. Putnam, you're finally going to get the money. Yeah, fine. Yep, yep. It's a long journey, but worth it, right? Uh, I think. At the end of the day, it wasn't worth it, but I'm just happy it's over with, pretty much. Yeah, all right. I don't blame you. Okay, thank you very much. You must sign a few documents, and that'll do it. Harvey?
6: Okay, well, look, the only way to undo a sale like this is proving fraud. There is no fraud here, and further evidence, always take a car to a mechanic before buying it.